Romans chapter 8, verse 18. My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is tramping out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He has loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. I have seen him in the watchfires of a hundred circling camps. They have builded him an altar in the evening dews and damps. I can read his righteous sentence by the dim and flaring lamps. His day is marching on. I have read a fiery gospel written, burnished rows of steel, as you deal with my contemners, so with you my grace shall deal. Let the hero born of woman crush the serpent with his heel, since God is marching on. He has sounded forth a trumpet that shall never call retreat. He is sifting out the hearts of men before his judgment seat. Oh, be swift, my soul, to answer him. Be jubilant, my feet. Our God is marching on. In the beauty of the lilies, Christ was born across the sea with a glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me. As he died to make men holy, let us die to make men free while God is marching on. He is coming like the glory of the morning on the wave. He is wisdom to the mighty. He is a succor to the brave. So the world shall be his footstool, and the soul of time his slave. Our God is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Our God is marching on. Verse 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good,
to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Let's pray. Father, as you put on the Apostle Paul's heart so many years ago to write this letter to the Romans, Lord, today may we have a heavenly perspective. May we get a glimpse of your glory and where we're headed. Not so much the things that have taken place in the past or that are going on in the present, but what you have for us in the future. Let us keep our eyes on you, Lord. And if there be here any today, let this day be a memorial day for them where they start their walk with you. Lord, we submit ourselves to you. Lord, we know that nothing that can take place here today of any significance can be done outside of the presence of your Holy Spirit. So we ask now in your name, Jesus, that you bring glory to your Father. And we just ask this in your name. Amen. Verse 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. In one of the interpretations of this scripture, it says these hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. The lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see now will last forever. The title of today's message is Glory Days. Glory Days. In 2 Corinthians 4.17, it mentions that our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. What sufferings are you going through today? Are they physical? Are they mental? Emotional? Spiritual? The Bible speaks to them as momentary light afflictions. Can you say, like Job, though he slays me, I will trust in him. Though he slays me, no matter what we go through, I'll still trust in the Lord. doesn't matter what happens. Why does God allow suffering? I'm sure if you've ever been through things, which many of us have, that is a question. Why does God allow that? I'm a child of his. I believe in him. I put my trust in him. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. Why? Why do I have to go through this? If you were here last time we, I taught on Romans, we showed a little clip from a lady called Johnny Erickson Tata. And she was, she's now 63 years old. But at the time of a swimming accident, she was only 17. And over 40 years ago, it was summer vacation, and she jumped off a dock into a beautiful lake, didn't know the depth of the lake, and she broke her neck, and she's a quadriplegic. Now, she's been in that wheelchair for 45 years, 
But she gives us an, a, a perspective that I think is important for us to listen to. Johnny said that sometimes God allows what he hates to accomplish what he loves. Well, what are some of those things that God might be accomplishing through things you're going through? And you know, it doesn't matter how young you are. You could be a teenager and you might be going through some peer pressure things right in your schools. Happens all the time. I see it all the time in the 38 years that I've been in public education. So what are some of the things that the Lord is accomplishing? Well, he's accomplishing fruit in you and me. And hopefully we can recognize some of the fruit over the years of things that we've been through. But some of the fruit that he's producing through these trials and sufferings is love and joy, peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, building each other up, having peace with others, and being happy for others with what they're going through. God has given us an eternal perspective, but are we looking at it that way? Are we too caught up in the situation to see through to a place where God is bringing us to? And hopefully today, before we leave here, your perspective will change or you'll see it a little clearer. Johnny Erickson Tata also says that suffering provides the gym equipment on which your faith can be exercised. Boy, as a phys ed teacher, I love that one. Suffering provides the gym equipment upon which your faith can be exercised. She also said, the Psalms wrap nouns and verbs around our pain better than any other book. The Psalms. You know, last thing she said that I want to share with you, and you have to understand, and if you don't know who this person is, every morning she needs help to get up out of bed. Everything has to be done for her. She's in chronic pain all the time. Yet she comes up with some of these sayings that I shared with you, and the final one I want to share is, she said that we will stand amazed to see the top side of the tapestry and how God beautifully embroidered each circumstance into a pattern for our good and his glory. Now we just see the frayed things, you know, the things that are going on. We don't see the complete picture. One day we will. Got a question for you. Why does gold have to be purified by fire? Why is a diamond formed under tons of pressure and time? Well, these are, the God, these are the processes that God has chosen. He is the master craftsman, right? He's the one that chose the way to accomplish his will. In Romans 9.21, it says, Does not the potter have power over the clay from the same lump to make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor? Well, just like these elements, we are precious in his sight. And we need the master's touch, don't we? To soften us and give us that eternal perspective. In 1 Peter 2.5, it says, You also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Did you ever look at yourself that way? That you're one of the bricks in a spiritual house that God is 
forming. He's making. Because not only is that spiritual house a house, but it is part of the body of Christ. You and I are the bride. He's the groom. And he's getting us ready. He's getting us ready for the wedding and the wedding supper of the Lamb. What a day. A glorious day that is in the future for you and for me. We're going to be there. We're going to see each other. We're going to be laughing and thinking of how we spent time together on this earth. Walking glory road for those glorious days ahead. Awesome days are coming. Verse 18 also says, They're not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. What is glory? What does that word mean? We're going to look at three uh, applications to it. One is God's glory. The Hebrew word for glory is from the same root word for heaviness or weighty. Glory refers to a mind-blowing experience with the Lord. People in the Old Testament, New Testament, you saw them, they were blown away by what God did through his glory displayed. The Bible tells us that God's glory is so awesome that even the angels in heaven bow down on the ground before him in his presence. Christ's glory, the Bible tells us that it's through Christ that we really see what God is like. Colossians 1.15 talks about the image. He's the image of the invisible God. Hebrews 1, verse 2, has in these last days God has spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he by, had by himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So through Jesus, we see God's glory. He gave us a glimpse of that glory of who he is. We all know this one in the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as the one and only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. This is any surprise to you and me because we read in John 17, 4 and 5, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. God has manifested his glory through his Son. You and I are known as sons and daughters of the King. We are bringing glory to God the Father every time we live and do things in his name. Babe Ruth, Ozzy Osbourne, Justin Bieber, the newest star on American Idol, the X Factor winner, Muhammad Ali, People that have had or are receiving the glory of men. How are they doing? Have you seen Muhammad Ali lately? 
Babe Ruth's not around anymore. <coughs> Ozzy's not doing too good. Justin Bieber's still riding the crest of the wave. There's a new star coming on American Idol and the X Factor, and they're going to forget about the old one. It's temporary stuff. People look back at the glory days, don't they? There's even a song by a New Jersey musician called Glory Days. Think of some of these words. Now, I think I'm going down to the well tonight, and I'm going to drink till I get my fill. And I hope when I get old, I don't sit around thinking about it, but I probably will. Yeah, just sitting back trying to recapture a little of the glory of, well, time slips away and leaves you with nothing, mister, but boring stories of glory days. Wow. He made millions with that song. But even that, too, will pass. If you're a child of God, your best days are ahead. If you're not a child of his, the worst time is coming. The glory of man is that we were created in the image of the glorious creator. When Adam and Eve sinned, the glory of God reflecting the man was marred or broken. But thanks be to God, as we saw in Romans, through Jesus Christ, he has delivered us from this body of death. Amen? He has changed us from that marred, broken creature to a complete creature in Christ. The Bible says that since the fall, man's glory is passing and imperfect. In Isaiah 40, verse 6, it says, The voice said, Cry out. And he said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. The good news of the gospel is that through Jesus Christ, we can be reconciled to God and will one day share in God's glory as we were originally designed to. Now, he's called you and me to his gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he tells us in 2 Thessalonians 2, 14, to stand fast and hold the traditions you were taught, whether by word or by our epistle. Today, dear people, we're doing that. We're coming together, fellowshipping, listening to God's word, being built up as that spiritual house. The glory that is coming is nothing that we can ever compare it to that we've experienced to this point in our lives. But it is coming. Jesus promised that. Jesus Christ promised a day coming that you and I will partake of. A glorious day. And we're traveling on that glory road every day, even though at times that road doesn't seem too glorious. Christians know what it is to experience God's glory with them. Christians who have repented from their sins 
and asked Jesus to be king in their lives and submitted themselves to them. The Holy Spirit comes within you and you have the promise of God, a guarantee of all the other things that we read and we teach on that it's going to happen to you and me in the future if it hasn't already taken place in the present. God is not done. He's not done. There's still more to be accomplished. In 1 Corinthians, it says, for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immorality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immorality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Let's look at Romans 8, 19 through 22. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Back in verse 19, it talks about the earnest expectation. Earnest means a sincere and intense conviction. Sincere and serious in behavior. Does your and my lifestyle reflect that sincere and intense conviction that a better day is coming? In Romans, it talks about anybody who has the Spirit of God in them, you are the Son of God. You are sons and daughters of the King. Do you have a heavenly hope today? Think about those verses 19 through 22, that the creation is eagerly waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. All creation is has been subjected to futility, to hopelessness, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. See, God has all this worked out, everybody, doesn't he? In other words, the things that are going on in our world, whether it be the death of the infants, whether it be immorality being echoed and supported from the highest offices in the land. You and I could feel as believers in Jesus Christ a hopelessness. But as we'll see in these verses, these are only the birth pangs, not the death pangs, the birth pangs. There's a better day coming. There's a hope that God has given us in the future that we need to cling to through the days that seem hopeless. Think of how the cre creation is just straining its neck is one of the interpretations. Because it's no, it's going to be delivered from the bondage of corruption. Another word for corruption is decay. Into the glorious liberty of the children of God. As we sit here, as I speak today, we're decaying. 
Think about what you had to do this morning to get ready. Think of that deodorant, perfume, cologne, makeup that you had to put on to cover up the decay. If you don't think you're decaying, go a couple days without a shower and start smelling yourself. You'll know what I mean. We're breaking down, aren't we? We're breaking down. But there's a glorious day coming when we'll be given a new body. When the mortal will put on immortality. When the corruptible will be incorruptible. Notice that creation itself will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Verse 22, for we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Think of the death that's in the animal kingdom. Think of the plants that you plant today that will be gone in a few months. There's the life cycle. One day it'll just be the continual cycle of life all the time. There'll be no death. There'll be no sorrow. There'll be no heartache. Think of this one in Isaiah 11, 6 to 9. Check this one out. And put it right up there together on your glory road of where you and I are heading. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. Only way it'll dwell with the the lamb will dwell with the wolf right now is if it's in the belly of the wolf. But one day, the wolf will dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young ones shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like an ox. Won't be a meat eater anymore. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole. And the wean child shall put his hand into the viper's den. Mommy, Daddy, one more time? Can I do it one more time, please? I just want to go in one more time. It's, it's, it makes me laugh. Would you do that with your child or grandchild today? I don't think so. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord and the waters cover the sea. I think 1 Corinthians 15, 19 put it aptly. In this life only we have hope in Christ. We are of all men the most pitiable. We should be pitied. If in this life only we have hope in Christ. Do you have a glorious expectation? Does your hope go beyond today? Do you look for a glory road that is bringing you to a glorious day? Verse 23 of Romans 8. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, 
We eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Now, one of the things here, there's a word that comes up. First fruits of the Spirit. You were born again. You received the Holy Spirit. How many of you got up this morning and you were groaning? I was. I used to be able to run up these kind of steps. Even the stadium steps. It was awesome. Got a good sweat going. Now I have to pour water over my head to get a good sweat going. My body doesn't want to move up these kind of steps as fast anymore. I look forward to those, that new body. You'll recognize me. I'll have a little fro <laughs> in heaven. This used to be curly. What was there it used to be curly. I should have saved it to prove it. But we do have pictures. The groaning. How often do you groan? I remember going to my nieces. Um, her dad passed away, my brother-in-law. And she was only like 13 or 14. And I remember just going up to her as she was at the cemetery, sitting in the chair, and it was a cold day, and I could just hear a deep groan in her heart. Stayed with me, that was good 20 years ago, but it still stays with me, that, that sound that she made. Just that deep groaning. Many of us, right, have buried people that we loved, and just that hurt that we feel deep down inside, that groaning. We groan within ourselves. There's a day coming. We wait for that adoption the redemption of our body, the resurrection of the body, the new body. We adopted our daughter about 12 years ago now. It's been about 12 years. And there was a process of adoption that took almost two years. And it was exciting to know that we we're in the process of adoption. But you know what? <coughs> Did not compare to the day we finally got the papers handed over to us by the court and the judge that made our daughter our own. Now we are in that process. One day, when we stand in the heavenly kingdom, it will be fulfilled. We'll fully understand, you know what I'm saying? The adoption will be complete. We'll have our resurrected bodies. We'll understand. We'll know Jesus as he is. We'll see him face to face. That day's coming. It's coming. For some, it'll be soon. Right? There's no guarantee of tomorrow. For others, it might be down the road. But only God knows when we're going to meet him face to face. Are you ready? Am I ready? Are we looking for that meeting with expectation and excitement? Are we living every day as if it's our last? Because it could be. Let's not be deceived. But let's look at it with excitement. For everything here is temporary. We're just passing through. Verse 24 says, For we were saved in this hope. 
But hope that is seen is not hope, for why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Young people, how about when you're going on a trip and you can't wait? You might have your passports or you have your plane tickets somewhere in the country and you can't wait. It's only a month away. It's only a few weeks away. It's only two weeks away. It gets closer and closer and your anticipation grows. Then you're finally on the plane. Then you touch down. It just keeps growing that excitement until you're where you want to be. So it is with our walk with the Lord. There should be an anticipation. Jesus dying on the cross has paid for our ticket, paid for your passport and mine, if we received him as our Lord and Savior. It's stamped. And we're traveling to meet him. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And that's in Romans 8.15. 2 Corinthians, next few verses I want to just share with you of the promise of God's Holy Spirit that's in you and me. In 2 Corinthians 1.22, he says, He sets a seal of ownership on us, and he puts his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Understand, we have not arrived. Sometimes we forget about that, don't we? That there's a place that we're going to. There's something that he still is guaranteeing to come. We need to have that heavenly perspective. 2 Corinthians 5.5 says, Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. And finally, in Ephesians 1.14, it says, Who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory? He gives us his Holy Spirit as a uh, guarantee. He gives it as a down payment. One day, the full payment will be evident to us. Think of Paul as a minister of Christ, writing this letter to the Romans. And he says in 2 Corinthians, I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily. And then he finishes by saying, my deep concern for all the churches. Now, how many of you have been through those things that Paul went through? Yet he is writing this letter to the Romans, and he's given them a hope beyond the things that go on in this world. 
And those things did not bring him down, did not give him hopelessness. Instead, they made it clear as to temporary afflictions for an eternal glory. It's important to understand this. This came from the hand of Paul through the Holy Spirit. So what is it you and I are going through or what's coming around the corner? It's only temporary compared to the eternal glory that we have waiting for us. Hebrews talks about how others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had trials of mockings and scourgings and chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. Now, all of those people that I refer to, they didn't receive the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. You see, we have a perspective after the cross. We can look back to Calvary. We can see the saints throughout the ages who have hung in there and ran this race strong and are now in glory. They did their glory road. They're done. You and I are running together that race on that glory road to that glorious day when we will meet Jesus face to face. Don't give up. Don't drop out. Keep running the race. And we have been surrounded by each other to pick each other up, to pray for one another, to help each other, to get us to that point. We are the bride of Christ together. Not individually, together we are the bride of Christ. We have the privilege of knowing one another, of praying for one another. Soldiers, think of Memorial Day now, right? Soldiers, demonstration of perseverance is when he keeps on fighting no matter what the odds. A good soldier keeps on fighting no matter what the odds are against him. Think of the movies that we've seen over the years with the hero, true stories of heroes that have overcome the odds. We had you stand up here today, men and women, that have served our country. God shed his grace on you and allowed you to live in the country you fought for, where so many others have died to give us these freedoms. May we never, ever take it for granted. But they fought for a hope of a greater future for this country. God is not finished with this country. He's not finished with the individuals in this country. He is a God that is putting us through birth pangs for the birth of a glorious, glorious day. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Verse 26, likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. God knows you and I are weak. He knows we have our good days and our bad days. 
And in spite of that, he's chosen you. He knows how young you are, middle age or old you are. He knows the thoughts that you have, the struggles that you're going through. And in spite of that, he's called you. He loves you. He's doing a work in your heart for the next thing at hand. We don't know what to pray for. Sometimes it's simple. But God says for us to pray continually. Well, I got some great news for you. That even when we don't know how we ought to pray, God's Holy Spirit is making intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He is faithful. When we just say, Lord, I don't even know what to pray, where the Holy Spirit is also is just bringing things to the throne room of God the Father because he knows your heart. We're limited. He isn't. Don't ever stop praying. Don't stop groaning, Lord, just like, 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 oh, Lord, I don't know how to pray for this situation. Well, the Holy Spirit just took care of that. He's interceding on our behalf. Isn't it something that the Holy Spirit of God groans? It's not only you and me that groan, but the Holy Spirit himself. Verse 27, now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is. That's the Father, searching the hearts, knowing what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. As long as you and I can say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Let it be done according to me, according to your will, not my will or my wife's will or my friend's will, but according to your will. Nothing is going to stop God from accomplishing his purpose in you and in me. Stop fighting him. Stop fighting. He wins. Get on board. Go along for the ride. Let him steer your life. Let him be the Lord of your life. Don't be stubborn. That's why we're compared to sheep, right? Sheep are stubborn and stupid. Let's wise up, huh? Let's allow God to be God and us to be his son or his daughter. Verse 28. I know a lot of us know this one. How many times have we clung to this over the years? And we know... That all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Isn't it great it doesn't say, and we know that certain things work together for good? Isn't it neat it doesn't say, and we know that only good things work together for good? No, it says all things work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. Are you called? Well, you know something? If you're here today, you are called or he is calling you. There's no coincidence that you're here today, whether you're a frequent flyer with us or you're just visiting. God loves you. He's extending his call to you to come to him. Do you hear him? Do you feel his presence 
Do you feel his love and his concern? Verse 29, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Do you know that God knows before you and I were born, if you were going to receive him on a particular day while you walked on this earth, or if you're going to reject him? He foreknew it. And notice what he did. He also predestined you and me to be conformed to the image of his son. He's making us more like Jesus every day. Do you understand that? He's getting you ready for that day, that glorious day that's ahead of us. Where we will be like him when we see him face to face. As we travel that glory road. And he was the firstborn among many brethren. He was the first. He showed us the way. He showed, he showed it how it was to be done. He showed submissiveness to the Father while he was here on this earth. He was the servant of everyone. He wasn't put up on a pedestal. He served mankind. And he calls you and I to do the same thing. Verse 30. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Wow. You've been predestined. You've been called. You've been justified. And you're going through the glorification process to be completed when you leave this earth and enter the glorious kingdom of God. Think about that now as we close. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, God is calling you again today. How awesome is that? That he's calling you again today. And if you receive him and heed his call, then you are justified. <clears throat> Justification simply means that if you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, all those sins that you have from the first time you sinned to today, to last night, are just as if you've never sinned because of the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross for you and me. Now, I can call someone in my class. Hey, Jimmy, come on over. Jimmy doesn't have to come. Jimmy can stay right where his little stubborn heart wants to stay. Or Jimmy can come. Jesus Christ does the same thing. He calls you to be an adopted son or daughter of his. But as we looked in the last part of Romans, an adoption, you become his son. You become co-heirs with Jesus Christ. For all the things the Father bestows on Jesus, his son, he'll bestow on you and me one day. How about that one, huh? You're co-heirs with Christ. Jesus doesn't get it all and you get a little bit. 
together with Jesus, the Father is going to bestow on us our inheritance. That day is coming. We're on that road. It will happen. You have Jesus' word on it. And then finally it says, whom he justified, these he also glorified. Do you believe that? Do you expect that? Do you hope for it? You're on a glorious road, not always filled with things that you think are glorious, but remember what Johnny Erickson said. Sometimes the Lord puts us through the things he hates to accomplish the things he loves. And as we close here today, if you are here today and you've never heeded God's call, what are you waiting for? He loves you. He died on the cross for you and for me and for your sins and my sins. But it takes an act of the will. It's not carte blanche. Not everybody goes to heaven. Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life. It's only through him that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's a choice. If you're here today and you want to receive Jesus, as the worship team comes up to play, we just want you to come forward to receive the Lord, to take that stand as Jesus took the stand for you. Don't be embarrassed. We're going to be partying at the wedding, supper of the land one day. It's going to be a glorious time together. Many people here have done what we're asking you to do today. But if you hear God calling you, let this be the day a true Memorial Day where you received Him as your Lord and Savior. Come if, if you hear Him calling you.